everybody, and welcome to the Yarn Thing Podcast with Marley Bird. I'm your host, Marley Bird. You can catch the Yarn Thing Podcast live every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 10 o'clock on time. That's 12 o'clock on the East Coast, 9 o'clock on the West Coast, and 11 o'clock in the Midwest. If you are anywhere else in the world and would like to join us live for the podcast, please know what time 10 o'clock Mountain Time is for you. I do live in Denver, Colorado. You can come and join the fun. I want to say a thank you to our sponsors, the Buffalo Wool Company, Creative Bug, Aaron Lane Bags, Crafty.com, Stitches.Events, and Red Heart Yarns, where I'm the proud national spokesperson. You can learn more about the sponsors by visiting the Marley Bird blog, so just go to MarleyBird.com, click on the sponsor menu at the top of the page, and you will get a link to one of the sponsors. So hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast today. Uh, yay, happy Tuesday. Hopefully you guys know that if you wanted to follow along with me on Facebook Live, you can join me over there today. I am um, posting over there with a little bit of a different backdrop. If you had a chance to watch yesterday on Facebook, you uh, got to see Lindsay Martin and I. Lindsay from Erin Lane Bags is here, and she is helping me organize everything here in my office. So we've been having a good time. And so today... It's very apropos that I have the wonderful Carson Demers on the podcast because I am incredibly sore and 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 tired and um, I'm out of shape. But you know, hey, that's like that's news. And I just like I'm sitting here and I just get a little bit, I get tense, you know, when I you sit in a certain position too long. And Carson is all about. Uh, or the ergonomics of hand knitting, and I'm sure that I can incorporate that into other parts of my life. But I'm excited to learn more about Carson, just in his, about his knitting, about his passion, about the subject of knitting and spinning and ergonomics of them. I mean, all of that. Like, it's just exciting to have Carson on the show today. So let's welcome him. Hello, my friend. How are you? Hey, Marley. I'm great. How are you? I am I'm really good. I, I am a little tired because of the long day yesterday. But other than that I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Feeling really good. I'm excited to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Very cool. So what have you been up to lately? Oh my gosh. Well I guess the biggest thing I've been up to is getting my book out. Um that has been the labor of love for the last oh gosh century <laughs> and teaching a lot. I've been doing a lot of teaching and, you know, my regular my regular job. I'm a PT, so my regular job still continues and just a busy guy. Yeah, I hear you. Didn't you go down to the, um, in Austin, I can't think of the name all of a sudden. You went to a... Oh, yeah. I went to Hill Country, uh, the Hill Country uh, Weavers Retreat. Um, yeah. And that was so much fun. Very they know cool. how to play. They know how to play down there. That's so awesome. I know that Vicki Howell was the speaker down there, and um, I was talking to her before she was going down there. She was getting ready to put together her whole knit show uh, Kickstarter, which is just fascinating and exciting about, um, you know, we'll talk about that later. But anyways, I, I heard that that was a really good show. So yeah, it was Carson, the first time I got to meet her, so that was really fun and very, really cool to meet her and hear about her project. Yeah, she's super fabulous, super fabulous. Um, so I want to I wanna know more about you. Tell me about yourself. And more specifically, let's, let's learn more about your knitting career. When did you start knitting? Like, when was it something that interests you? Well, you know what? I started knitting when I was just a kid. Um, oh. I first started to crochet. So crochet was the first thing that I learned when I was 
oh gosh, probably, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years old. My grandmother and my mom taught me how. And I used to really like um, making crochet toys. I just thought it was cool that you could make 3D things out of yarn, and that was always fun. So I would, <laughs> I would crochet, like, replicas of our pets and things like that. And then um, my mom was always a knitter, and I was, I was intrigued by it. But um, I, there was one project she did that she was making, I think, a hat for my sister, and it had cables in it. And when I saw, like, the fabric that you could make by – by making a cable, it kind of blew my mind, and I decided I had to learn how to knit. So I was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 or so. It was a long time ago. Okay. And I've been knitting ever since. So as you started knitting, like, so, okay, you say you're knitting ever since. And I'm going to ask you this because, I mean, you know I have two little boys. Um, They're not really little anymore. They're 13 and 11. And they know how to knit. And I don't think that they are embarrassed to knit by any means, but it's definitely not their go-to thing. They they go to um, like playing games and stuff. Did you find that knitting was really, you know, like it, it tends to be the mat, you know, the not masculine thing to do. But you know, I'm just curious. Yeah, that's. I mean, I grew up in the 1960s and 70s, and so that was, you know, that was definitely true. And I, um, um, but I did a lot of stuff that fell into that category. I mean, believe it or not, um, I I studied dance when I was a kid and a and a young adult, and so that was kind of not a cool thing. I I was just sort of a I, I walked to my own, the beat of my own drum, I think, and I was really lucky that I had parents to let me do that. And to your point, yeah, there was there was you know definitely a chunk of time where um, knitting wasn't necessarily my go-to, but it was always there. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started um, knitting more and more, like through the through your your age frame or whatever, like as you got older, like what were some of the things that you liked to knit? Like what did you used to knit that now you're like, I just don't do that anymore, but now I really enjoy knitting what? I really enjoy knitting uh, sweaters. I really enjoy knitting shawls. I always am knitting socks. Um, pretty much everything. I don't really know that there's anything that I don't knit anymore. I live in California, so I don't have much occasion to knit mittens, but I made some mittens for my family back east, my brother back east, and um, that was a blast. I haven't knitted mittens in a long time, so so there might be more mittens in my future. I love that. I love that. It's so fun. So here you are. You're knitting away, and did you ever, like most of us, you know, start to get sore in places and stuff? I know you said that you have a a real job, and so obviously that's going to coincide with, um, the topic of your book, but kind of like lead me, tell me the story of how it, it kind of came together for you. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. I, um, you know, before any of this, I'm a physical therapist, and um, I was practicing um, in an outpatient environment for a long time, and, and then I took a management position, um, which was really high stress. And, you know, back when I was in graduate school for PT, ergonomics wasn't really much of a topic because it was the Stone Age and we, you know, we're still chiseling tablets. Um, so I ended up actually getting really injured at work with um, desktop ergonomics-related injuries, and they were, like, major, major seriously bad injuries. And it took a really long time to get better, and during that whole time, of course, you know, the doctor and everybody says, don't knit, um, which, you know, I have my own thoughts about that. But <laughs> anyway, so I got better, and then I started practicing again, and in about, oh, I guess around 2000, 2000 early 2000s, um, I started to see a lot of knitters coming in um, to me for treatment into the clinic who were knitters who had um, ergonomics-related injuries. 
And, you know, I, having just gone through this, knew how horrible and serious these are um, and how very preventable these injuries were. So I thought this is the perfect opportunity for me to um, teach what I know about um, ergonomics and um, self-care to people who are passionate about knitting so that they don't get hurt doing the thing that they love to do. And that's turned into a whole other career. I mean, I, um, I teach all across the country, and I, I, now I have this book, and I write for publications. So, yeah, I, I'm spreading the word. I love it. I love it so much. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are part of Cat Bordy's crew, right? Yeah. Oh, I, this is great. So I was really, really lucky. I was at a Stitches event, um, I want to say around 2008, and I was taking a class with Cat. And um, Cat did something that I'd never had an instructor do, which was she insisted that we take a stretch break. And it kind of, like, she kind of won my heart. Not that she hadn't already, but it was just so great that she did that. So I had a conversation with her um, after class and told her about this book project that I was um, considering, and she said, you need to come to my visionary group. And so um, I've been a part of that group since um, since then. Um, it's a wonderful group, and they've produced, you know, really important uh, books for um, for knitters and crocheters and spinners, and we've, you know, just a, a beautiful body of work. But they're also a really supportive group, so I've learned so much, and I'm so grateful for having all of them um, to help me through this process. Yeah, we've had a lot of visionary authors on the podcast, and I always admire everything that they do and what they come out with. I mean, one of my best friends, Ann Burke, is obviously the visionary person who came out with Antarja, and it's always I just get so excited when I get to talk to a visionary author because it's I really feel like Kat does such a good job transitioning you guys with you know your idea to full fruition as far as being there for um, the inspiration, not just Kat, the whole crew. Um, like J.C. Breyer, and I mean, everybody that's involved. So here you are, you go to them and you say, okay, I have, I have an idea for a book on ergonomics for knitting and spinning. And so I'm guessing that they all said, this is a great idea. How long did it take you to put the full book together? And what was, what were some of the challenges or the, 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 um, the experience that you had as you were going through it? Wow. Well, it, it's a huge journey, obviously. And I, the first, I guess the first big challenge was that, you know, life happened sort of smack in the middle um, by way of a, a relationship ending. And so that kind of put me, put the book on the back burner for a few years. Um, but it's really, it started with, um, I think it started with what I, where I needed to start was to make sure that what I had was something people were interested in. And I wasn't sure that they were. And so the visionaries were really helpful with, um, you know, presented classes and stuff to them, and they were really supportive and interested in it. So that was great, and I kind of felt more confident. So I continued doing my research, and I researched the book for, my gosh, I don't know, probably two or three years. I spent a lot of time doing it, and teaching, too, because the, really the best research is right in front of, right in front of me in the class, which are my, my students. I, I always learn so much from them. Um, and the writing, so this is actually kind of crazy, but this is the gift of me completing the book happened because I was playing with my dog and and I fell and I um, I broke my arm and so I had some time off from work and I just I just sat down and finished writing my book. <laughs> it was pretty wow. amazing. I know, right? It was just crazy. But what I discovered in that is I couldn't use the computer, so I did it just on paper, and that made all the difference to me. Like it I, it it just flowed out of out of my fountain pen and, and it was much better for me than 
than working on the computer. So I learned about my process a bit that way. And then after the book was done, I am so blessed to have um, the greatest editor in the world, Ann Bud. And um, yeah. she she um, edited my book, and um, and from then on, it, you know, we've been in production, um, photography, and layout, and um, amazing illustrations. And it's, I think it's a I think it's a beautiful book. I mean, I know I'm a little biased, but I think the book is just really lovely. So the last couple of years, the learning curve has been. I mean, I thought it was a big learning curve to start with, but oh my gosh, you know, learning all that stuff about how to organize a photo shoot and how to um, decide what images you're going to put in and what should the images look like and sitting down with an illustrator and um, talking them through drawings and, and all that. And, and now I'm entering the new phase, which is um, warehouseman and distributor. <laughs> so <I'm, laughs> now, that I, you know, now that it's here or just about here, I'm, I'm putting all those pieces together. So it's an endless learning curve, and, and it's quite a journey. You know, it, it's uh... – it's it's so fascinating to me. So when you so explain that part because that's something that you know that's unique to to those of you who um, self publish that you go through that a lot not a lot of us really understand the whole process of okay I have the book now and I am I am the warehouse I am the distributor so talk to me a little bit about that like what what are you doing or do you have a special space set up like what are I don't I don't even know where to begin to ask the question there. Yeah, well, you know, sadly, a lot of us didn't know either. Um, when Unicorn went out of business, Unicorn was our primary distributor for the Visionaries, um, but they closed their doors a, a few years ago, and so everybody's been kind of wondering, well, gee, what's the best what's the best way to do this? Because uh, distributors, particularly for um, craft books, and and my book, which is very much a, a niche book, um, you know, ergonomics of a craft, uh, it's it's tough to find them. So, you know, I decided that well. I've learned how to do everything else. I might as well learn how to do this. And prior to becoming a physical therapist, I worked um, in uh, mail order and saw the operation side of that and had some exposure to distribution and warehousing and all that. So I've got a skill set to draw on. I'm really, really lucky that I have got (laughs) – I'm blessed to have the right people around me. And a friend of mine from a knitting guild that I belong to happens to have a warehouse in South San Francisco. And so I'm renting space there and um, that's where my books will be stored and I'm going to ship them out from here and that's it. I think it's going to be pretty straightforward. I love it. I love it. Now, so far, um, all right, so then I'm going to stop right here. The, the local yarn stores and stuff that want to carry your book, like how should they contact you? Oh yeah, well I sure I sure hope they do, and they can email me through my website, which is ergoinit.com, and um, there's just a contact contact button there. And um, so if they're interested in in wholesale orders, my website's not set up for wholesale. Um, one of the things that I haven't mastered is the technology of setting up a website, so I'm a little old school. But um, an email will will do it, and um, I can give them all the information on on pricing and all that. Perfect. Perfect. Now, so let's let's tell people a little bit about your book and exactly what they can expect from it. So I'm going to let you take it away. Give me your infomercial uh, um, uh, clip. Wow, my infomercial clip. I should have been prepared for this, but I, um, I guess that you know I probably I probably have summarized it in the introduction to my book, which is I think the opening sentence is: Imagine being told that you can't knit again. Um, because of an injury, and you know, I was told that, and it it was it turns your blood to ice. So you just 
it's a horrible thing. Um, and then going on to, to, to say that I, what I do in this book is I show you all the risk that is involved in um, knitting, things that we, we would probably not really even think um, are that significant. You know, um, for example, um, oh, I don't know, repetition. Uh, well, knitting is inherently repetitive, and there's you know lots of stitches in a piece, and so whatever whatever kind of um, excessive forces or whatever kind of awkward postures might be present during the creation of those stitches is magnified over every single one of those stitches. And the thing about the injuries that these um, that that this yields is that they're really slow in in showing up. Um, you know, it's not like if you cut your finger, you could tell me, you know, I cut my finger last Tuesday at 9.30. But if I asked you, when did you get carpal tunnel syndrome, you could never be that specific. And that's right. because there are so many things that go into it. Yeah. So I opened the book by talking about um, why knitters need to care about ergonomics. And it has a lot to do with um, the way that we're using our bodies today versus how we use them even 40 or 50 years ago. Um, okay. Much more sedentary, much more similar postures to knitting, those kinds of things. And then I uh, explain all the different kinds of risk, that uh, ergonomic risk, and where to find it in knitting. And in each of those chapters, I tell you, um, I, we have, uh, I have a group of activities. It's kind of like a knit along, but I call them swatch opportunities. And they're little swatches that I encourage you to make to help work on reducing that particular risk if it's one that you have in your knitting. Okay. And then the book wraps up with um, how to set up your computing area. There's a whole section on exercise and stretching and self-care. Um, and, and that's that's kind of it. It's it's really well um, illustrated. There's over 300 color illustrate or color photos and illustrations in the book, and um, I hope that people are as excited about those as I am because they're really beautiful. We did some cool now, stuff with them. The illustrations in the book, I see female hands. Um, <laughs> can I ask who they are? Um, there are a few people in there. The female hands are my friend Lisa, who's the, one of the exercise models. And um, Lisa and I have been friends for a long time, and she's, she's an Australian knitter, so she knits with a very um, Australian style. So I, we had to coach her on how to hold needles for different, <laughs> different styles during the photo shoot. And then um, my hands are actually, they actually made it into the book. They're the ones with the ratty-looking fingernails. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know where they are, but they're there because there were some shots that we missed, and I didn't have time for manicure. So there you right. go. You get the real hands. Right. I mean, it's... I, I, yeah, the manicure thing, it sounds so ridiculous, but, like, it's just its one of those things you have to do. I love it. I love all the illustrations. I, I love everything that you have laid out. You've really thought through this. It's like you actually know this stuff, Carson. I mean, go figure. <laughs> well, you, don't, you want to know something funny is I still, you know, I've been teaching for almost 10 years now and, I, and writing, and I write for Ply Magazine, and I've done for other publications, and people will still come into my class and they'll say to me, well, do you know how to knit? <laughs> and I'm... <laughs> I'm thinking, well, how can I possibly teach this if I didn't know how to knit? How could I tell you the ergonomics of knitting? So, yeah, thank you, Marley. I do know. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I get by. I, I get by. <laughs> I love it. I think it's fantastic. So if I were to ask you, I mean, is there a better way to knit than another as far as the ergonomic side of it is concerned? Like, is wearing the the knitting belt better is it continental being a picker being a thrower you know i'm just curious yeah that's that's a great question you know the truth is that every knitting style has its own pros and cons 
and um, the the traditional styles, so supported knitting with um, either a belt or a knitting sheath um, from from the British styles or continental. In the in the pure styles, these techniques stabilize one needle and the other needle does the moving. Um, and we've sort of hybridized that as we you know as the industrial revolution came along and knitting really changed a lot at that point um, to a system where oftentimes both of the needles are moving. And so there's a lot of extra movement that happens for most um, modern knitters that, that makes it inefficient, regardless of what kind of, of technique you use. So my book kind of calls some attention to that, gives you some tips on um, yarn tensioning, which is probably, in my opinion, probably the, the biggest risk that I see among the, you know, the hundreds of knitters that I've, oh gosh, even more than that, that I've worked with, um, either a very faulty tensioning technique or no tension in, uh, on the yarn at all. It's just this kind of pinching thing. And that's very, very risky. It's, it's um, a, what I would call a high-risk a high activity in knitting um, because really the idea is to let your hands be as restful as possible um, and that will make you more efficient and more comfortable. I but you'll find, you know, you'll find in any any technique that you can be, you know, it's like that whole the whole myth that continental is inherently faster than than um, English, and that's that's actually not true. I mean, all you have to do is watch Hazel Tyndall knit, and I defy anybody to go, <laughs> you know, to go faster. She's she's amazing. So it's, right. it's all about the technique, yeah. That's that's fantastic. I find that when I'm knitting for a long period of time, knitting or crocheting, uh, actually, like so my. I want to say it's my pectoral muscles. It feels like they're like pulling in and my back muscles are like really stretched out. So I get super sore along my neck and my upper shoulders. And I feel like I just, it's like I want somebody to just take my body and like just turn me inside out, like pop, like you're like, you're going to pop, pop open like a pill package or something and just like yeah. pop me open. Cause I just, Oh my gosh, I get so super tight other than, you know, maybe improving my posture, and, and I mean, I don't know what what would be a suggestion of yours for yeah, one of those. Well, you, I think that's a really common experience for knitters, and usually that kind of thing happens well for two reasons. One is that we don't pay enough attention to the chairs that we decide that we're going to spend a long time knitting in, and that's not to say that you you can't knit wherever you want, but if you're going to spend much time knitting or doing anything, doesn't matter what it is, you need to have a chair that's that's up for the task. And its task is to support your body, to angle your your pelvis properly and align your spine so that your upper body, your arms, your shoulders, your shoulder blades can be in proper alignment. And that's probably the number one postural uh, problem. And exactly as you described, the consequences of that is your shoulders roll inward so your chest gets really, really tight and the muscles between your shoulder blades get really stretched out while they're trying to work to support your arm and uh and the and the growing weight of the project at the end of your arm so you know just aligning your pelvis will make a big difference i i think that's chapter four so have a look um and then there are some things that we can do during the course of our knitting experience um just some some adding a few movement in there into the into the experience to kind of um prevent that from happening to kind of lengthen those muscles get them out of that contracted position so the other reason that this happens, Marley, and I think it's really worth mentioning, again, for modern knitters, is think about how much time you spend in that position, not just from knitting, but it's the posture that you're in when you're driving a car or using your computer or, do you know what I mean? So we spend yes. huge amounts of time 
in that position. Yeah. I, um, Things I, get I, short. Yeah, I went and got a massage the other day, and it's funny because I really – I like kind of deep massages – but the minute she touched my back, like my shoulder, my upper shoulders and my back, like she, she barely pushed. And I was like, all right, we're going to have to work into this lady. You're going to have to give me a little foreplay <laughs> before you really go after it because I am so sore. And she was just like, you are just nothing but like a, a, a ball, like a ball of knots. Like I just was so incredibly tense because it had been several months since my last massage. And I think you combine, just as you mentioned, the driving, the computer work, the knitting, the crocheting, the, you know, in class teaching when you're hunched over, over somebody to help them out with stuff. Um, and sitting on a plane, you know, a big girl on a plane, you're kind of hunched in yourself, you know. You Absolutely. put all that together, and my body is just screaming at me. And so I will definitely check out the, you know, the pelvis, pelvis position. Is that what you said? Yeah, 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 look on the posture chapter and then look in the exercise chapter for some, um, there's some great um, chest stretching exercises and there's some exercises to strengthen those muscles between your shoulder blades and those mm-hmm. will probably be good. Um, you know, the other thing that probably, I, I know you a bit, Marley, and you're kind of you're kind of a ball of energy, right? You're like a high energy person. So um, having any kind of stress or even just that kind of high energy um, can make muscles tighter. You know, if you're if you're in a stressful situation, you've got you're a busy girl. So, all of that stuff creates muscle contractions, and your muscle doesn't really care if it's a um, a functional contraction as long as it's contracting. Yes. Um, the same metabolic processes are happening. So you, it it makes sense to me that your shoulders are really tight. So when I see you with stitches, I'm going to kind of I'm going to work on your shoulders a little bit. Right, as long as you're gentle to start, you have to work. You know, I would be. Because <laughs> <laughs> this, this is really tight. It's really tight. I love it. Um, something that I found really fascinating and I had never really given much thought about is when sitting down, I have a lot of friends in my knitting groups and such that will sit with their legs crossed or they will tuck one leg underneath another. And, um, and some of them are so short, like their feet just kind of dangle from the chairs. And when I was reading through your book, I noticed, I was like, those are, those are big no-nos. Well, I would say that there are concerns but not no-nos. I would say oh. that, you know, we, I, I talk about and, and really, you know, advocate in using neutral postures when you can. And, and neutral postures are just postures that are, keep you better aligned and keep um, anatomic pathways opened and that kind of stuff. So it's not to say um, that you you can't sit that way or that you even shouldn't sit that way. It's a matter of how long you sit that way and how intense the work is that you're doing while you're sitting that way. So really the best posture is the next posture, but um, think about neutral positions as investments in those times when you don't want to be in a neutral position or you can't be. And that's very common for knitting, um, for the, uh, the wrists of knitters, because we can't really be in neutral posture at our wrists for many of the stitches that we create. But we sure can be in neutral at the computer or driving the car. And so it's kind of an investment for us to you know, be able to make those bobbles and noops and purling through three stitches back loop and all that kind of stuff that our, our wrists need to be able to do. I love this. I love this book. Like, I, I've been going through it and just, just pouring over the information. I actually just mentioned on Facebook Live. I'm like, this is a must-have book because I think it transcends beyond, just as you even mentioned, just the knitting postures and stuff because there are so many different times that the positions we're in, it, it goes beyond knitting. It goes beyond what we are doing. Um, I mean, it, it's, you've done a really fantastic job. 
Thank you so much. Well, the cool thing about ergonomics is that since it's the same tool that we use in every environment, which is the tool of our body, um, if you learn this stuff as it applies to knitting, um, which I certainly, you know, certainly the focus of the book, you can you can easily apply it to anything. So I get I get um, people asking me about crochet or spinning or what have you, and while this book doesn't talk a lot about, or maybe even at all, <laughs> about any of those things, maybe a little, um, you can certainly apply it to all to any craft, you know, weaving, yeah. um, needlework, anything. It, it's really good. So I, I didn't see this in the, in the book, but I think it's a question that people might have. Do the needles play a part at all in the way we hold our hands and stuff? Like, you know, does it matter the material of the needles or anything like that? I'm just curious. Or even the straight needles versus circular? Yes, it matters hugely. Um, needles um, are a really, really important consideration. And I always talk to my uh, classes that what we are is, is matchmakers. We're creating a, a marriage between yarn and needles. And so we want to do a really good job of making sure that each partner is going to get along well together because we want that to be a long-lasting relationship. So, um, and in fact, when it's not, it's, and, it's, and it often isn't, um, that becomes a real risk factor for injuries. So a few of the things that you want to look at is the amount of friction that is offered between the yarn and the needles. In other words, pairing a slippery needle with a slippery yarn is not a good idea because your hands have to work harder to hold it onto the, onto the needle, hold the work onto the needle. And if you combine that with a tensioning technique that's you know, less than optimal, that really increases the amount of work that your, that your body has to do. So that's one consideration. You mentioned the anatomy of the needle. Um, Single-point needles um, are uh, to use, and it's easy to get lost in sort of the physics of this, but, but basically because the, where the load on the needle, how it moves along the length of the needle, it changes how we have to support the needle. And so it ends up putting a lot of work on usually the ring and middle finger, ring and um, little finger, um, and that can cause tendonitis and sore forearms and all kinds of other things. So, in fact, you know, circular needles and the DPNs and then circular needles are ergonomic advancements in in knitting, just as the tips of our needles are. So that would be a next the next concern is what kind of tip do I have? And you want to look again at yarn structure and the kind of stitches you're making to decide. Should it be blunt? Should it be short? Should it be long? Those kinds of those kinds of things. And That's then so one more thing that I think knitters, <laughs> I'm rambling here, but I, one more thing I yeah. think we need to pay really close attention to is um, the value contrast between the yarn that we're working with and the needle that we're working with, because that can really contribute to eye strain and how difficult or easy it is to work, um, particularly um, com- complicated stitches. And all of that leads to more stress, and stress leads to muscle contraction, which can lead to soreness. So it, it sounds trivial, but it all kind of adds up. No, it totally makes sense. And, I mean, one of the things that you did mention, you mentioned, um, like, stitch markers and stuff. Like, I like to make stitch markers, and some of mine are really heavy. But I know for a fact when I use those, I can only use one. Like, I don't add those all the way around my piece because it just makes it too heavy. It's too hard to hold. But sometimes you just want a really pretty stone stitch marker, and I just will put it on there, and I don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> I absolutely know what I what you mean. And you know what I what I um, what I suggest, and, and I talk about this in the book too, is using markers like that. Have your really special marker, and have that be your movement marker, so that when you yes. encounter that marker, it means I'm going to do a movement, and in your case, it might be I'm going to pinch my shoulder blades together, 
and align my my uh, neck and shoulders so that my chest doesn't feel so tight. So you can yeah. give it a different meaning than the rest of the markers on there. So if I okay, so as I pinch my shoulder shoulder blades together, like I'm doing it right now, I actually I feel like I'm doing sort of like a bust exercise. But like, how long do you hold that position? You know, um, so you don't need to hold it very long. Really, what we're trying to do here is um, just get you out of um, the, the shortened position for a period of time. So it's about limiting your exposure, basically. Um, the, the exercise and movement that I'm talking about and, and recommending in the book um, shouldn't be construed as, or misconstrued as treatment, but really just as these are areas that we get tight. This is how to, how to get out of that position and lengthen that muscle, give it a little bit of variety. Because as I mentioned, knitting is very repetitive, and so are the postures that we're exposed to. So these exercises help to break up that repetition and, and give our body um, an opportunity to uh, kind of restore itself. I love it. I love that you even mentioned blocking. Um, you know, it might not be something people really think about, but, you know, as you're hunched over blocking a piece on, on a bed or on the floor or whatever, I mean, there's, there's definite risk there, too, for injury. Isn't that the worst? I know blocking can be a real drag, especially if you have a place that's space challenged. I, I don't live in a big space, so it's always a challenge to block a yeah. big piece. Um, so yeah, you know, and we have to we have to remember that all of this is part of knitting, right? It's not just the making of the stitches; it's the blocking and it's the choosing the choosing the stitches. I'm sorry, the needles with the yarn and trying different needles as part of our swatching process to make sure that we have that happy marriage. So all of that's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to ask a silly question because it's a word you've used a couple times, but I honestly don't even really know what it is. What is carpal tunnel? Oh, well, carpal tunnel is actually an anatomic portion of your body. It's um, at your wrist at the base of your hands, and it's literally a tunnel. We have lots of tunnels in our body, but this particular tunnel is made, um, the roof of it is made by, uh, two little rows of bones called your carpal bones and a piece of inelastic tissue called your flexor retinaculum that, that holds your finger flexors kind of in place, and they travel through that with a nerve. So carpal tunnel syndrome, um, the word syndrome means that there could be a number of reasons that, you, that this happens, but it's basically a crowding in that tunnel. And it can happen because the tendons either get inflamed and irritated or because we make the tunnel... Um, smaller, and then try to make the uh, try to work with um, the tendons in that smaller space. And it's a pretty common problem. Typically, for knitters, we get into trouble with carpal tunnel when we work with our wrist extended. In other words, our hand kind of going up because that drops the roof of the tunnel and narrows it. Um, or, um, as modern knitters, particularly people who use a computer. Um, resting the palm of your hand on the edge of the table or desk or mouse pad or wrist rest or any of those things will close that tunnel as well. So it just it, carpal tunnel is an inflammation of the finger flexors that um, compress the median nerve and give you numbness and tingling in your thumb and first two and a half fingers. And it's a bear, you know, it, it, it's, it's a really unpleasant thing. So you're saying I shouldn't rest my hands on my computer? Like I, I tend to rest my hands on my computer desk so, like, my hands come up, like, at a 45-degree angle as I type, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess the carpal, the carpal tunnel is resting on the desk. Why should yeah, lift it up? Yeah, that's not a good thing, Marley. <laughs> All right. See, I'm learning. I Honestly, I don't I don't know these things. It's one of those, 
you know, you hear you hear those words, and I, I want to call them buzzwords because I just don't know what they are. And so, you know, you kind of you're just like, yeah, okay, that's not bothering me, so I'm not going to worry about it right now. But it is something obviously to be concerned about because you don't want to get it to the point where it bothers you, and that's when you're concerned with it. Which is what's so great about your book is it's letting us know, hey, we can prevent all this. This isn't a oh, I have it, let's fix it. It's let's prevent. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's I think one of the one of the reasons that knitters tend to get hurt is because we think that because knitting is it's not a fatiguing exercise, it's not like weightlifting or mountain climbing, um, and it's our happy place. We tend to think we're perfectly safe there and that nothing can happen. But what we have to remember is that muscle contractions are muscle contractions. You know, the physiology is the same, and we we have very high exposure to any risk factor that's present, and they're, they amplify and they summate, and we end up with these things that I call cumulative trauma disorders, or you know, carpal tunnel is an example of that, but tendonitis and so forth are other kinds of examples of that. Um, and so, it, yeah, many of them are very, very preventable, and I would sure rather be able to knit longer than, um, you know, I'd rather make sure I'm really mindful of ergonomics at the computer so that I can I can knit longer um, in the evening or just in my life. And that's what I do. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad you took the time to put together a book like this. Like, the amount of work that had to go into this is just immense. Like, absolutely <laughs> immense. I am, oh, thanks I am so much. And you, you've done such a good job, which, you know, honestly, I wouldn't expect anything less from a visionary author. Uh, thank you so much. I, it's, it's actually such a labor of love. You know, when I when I first started seeing patients, I, I'll never forget my first my first knitting patient, um, and I just thought, you poor you poor thing. This is so completely preventable. And now you're you know you've got this wretched tendonitis in your rotator cuff, and that's going to be with you for a while. And um, so I just wanted to really get something out there that would um, give back to the community that has given so much to me and that I enjoy so much that will keep us going for the long haul. You know, we can't let knitting become a thing of the past. It's 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 too fabulous. So, yeah. um, and and I feel that way about all the fiber crafts. So, you know, um, I I bring this to spinners and weavers and and needlepoint people and sewing people and uh, yeah, we we have to protect I ourselves. I love it. So my my next question is going to be: I know that you're getting the books in actual physical books. Um, if people wanted to purchase the book, is it available as a digital download as well? And when can they and how can they purchase the book? Oh, thanks for asking that. So I have to say I really thought long and hard about the digital download, and I decided that it would sort of fly contrary to the face of the book if I put people on the computer longer. So I intentionally and consciously decided this will not be an EPUB. It's going to be a hard copy reference book, which is what it is. Um, the books are um, – I, I actually just got the final proofs last week, and they're so beautiful. I, I just wish that I could have put them in your hands before we, we had a chance to talk. Um, they're being shipped from China uh, next week, and I'm anticipating having them by the end of the month or early May. And if people want to order the books, they can go to my website, and they can just purchase them from there Okay. at this point. And then I'm, I've got a lot of wholesale – orders that will be going out, yarn shops are contacting me, and so um, uh, it's not, at this point it's not on Amazon, it's, it's, you know, it's really, I'm trying to hold out for yarn shops, I want them to get 
engaged with this book because it's going to help, you know, it's going to help yarn shops too. It's going to help them to sell more yarn and have more knitters. Yeah, it's job security. And you know what? I really want um, knitting instructors at at local yarn shops and at any any level uh, to to be versed in this because the time to catch knitters and give them good habits is when is when they're learning, right from the very beginning, especially adult learners. So better start them off on the right foot than to have to retrain bad habits. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because I know you sent me a, I want to say a digital version so that I could actually see the book. And the whole time I'm looking through it, right? And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I really want this in a book book because I don't want to be on my computer doing this. So I think that's a very smart decision to make it a book book because it just makes us be off the computer a little bit more and and have an actual physical book. Um, So I think that's a very wise decision. Thank you. Um, one other thing I want to mention, because as I was scrolling and you were talking, um, or look, I say scrolling, but I was looking through the book. Um, one thing that is such a simple thing that I think many people don't really think too much about is when they're knitting, putting the pattern down on the desk or on their table or whatever, instead of having it lifted up a little bit for them. I mean, just that little bit there, it, I mean, I'm guessing it's less strain on the muscles on the back of your neck, and, you know, it just helps ever so slightly, just having something tilted up a little bit more, right? Yeah, actually, two birds with that one because, um, no, oh, not bird. I That was the wrong choice of words, but uh, <laughs> talking to Marley Bird. That's we're not gonna, okay. We're not going to throw a stone at Marley Bird. Um, uh, so in addition to helping with the alleviate the awkward neck posture, uh, using a document holder also prevents glare because a lot of us like to put our patterns in a plastic sheet protector or something like that, and, um, overhead light can really be reflective off of that, and that's annoying. So if you just put it on a little document holder directly in front of you, you're you're good to go, and it reduces the glare as well. So yeah, yeah. simple little things. Another simple little thing is is drink water. Have a glass of water going while you're knitting, or a bottle of water, so that you know nature will encourage you to stand and change your posture periodically, or go refill your glass, or what have you. So, so little things. They, yeah, I call it the low-hanging fruit, and, and in the book I talk about how to implement changes, um, and a good place to start is with the low-hanging fruit. And can I just add something to that point? Um, I want to make sure that your listeners and the book readers um, understand that this book is not um, is not intended to say that anybody knits wrong or or bad or that you're a bad knitter or a bad person for sitting cross-legged or any right. of that stuff. You know, it's not about that at all. Really, the spirit of the book is um, these are what the risk factors are that get knitters into trouble. This is how to reduce them, and this is how to prevent your body from um, experiencing the negative effects of, of those adverse forces. That's that's the spirit of it. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, Carson, it's the time in the show that we give away prizes, and I know that Yay. you are offering a cop- two copies of the book, one to a comments listener and one to a um, live call-in listener, correct? Yeah. Fantastic. So sit back. I'm going to explain how this works. You can take take a breather, take a drink of that water. <laughs> so uh, if this is the first time you've listened or watched the Yarn Thing Podcast, everybody, welcome. We are glad you are here. We are blessed on the Yarn Thing Podcast that all of our guests come on the show, and they offer a prize, usually one to a live listener, and then one to somebody who leaves a comment on the show notes after the podcast. So what we will do right now is if you are listening live, please give us a call. The guest call-in number is 347-539-5589, 347-539-5589. 
539-5589. What happens is you call in, you get placed on a switchboard right here on my computer, and all I see are a bunch of phone numbers. So you're just going to kind of hang out there and chill out, okay? In the meantime, while you're picking up the phone, get up the nerve to give us a call. Maybe you have a, a question for Carson. I mean, you could ask a question when you call in, whatever you want to do. Um, I'm going to bring Tammy on the line, and Tammy is my social media assistant, and she does the show notes for the podcast, and she coordinates the the podcast schedule itself. So whenever there's somebody that wants to come on the show or if there's somebody you guys want to hear on the show, Tammy's the person you want to contact. Um, if you want her email, it's Tammy at MarleyBird.com. So just in case you're ever wondering how to get a hold of Tammy. But Tammy puts up the show notes, and she does a brief synopsis of the podcast, including links and images and all of that good stuff um, after the podcast. And so what you can do is go to MarleyBird.com. That's MarleyBird.com. Click on the drop-down menu for podcast and find show notes or drop-down menu for blog and find show notes. I put it in two places. That way you don't have to look all over the place for it. Find the show notes for today's podcast with Carson Demers, and you will there find the synopsis that I just spoke about. But at the bottom of that page, it says leave a reply. You will click on that, and you will literally leave a reply, leave a comment that includes a keyword or key phrase that Carson will give us here in a minute. And what that does is that enters you for a chance to win a copy of the book later on. Now, we choose a winner from those comments about two to three weeks after the original air date. The reason I choose to do that so far off from the original air date is because we know that you all have lives, and you can't just listen to the podcast or watch the podcast immediately right as it's done. And so I want to give you some time to always go and catch up. So you always have a chance to go and catch up and leave a comment. Uh, in about two to three weeks, we will have another guest on the show, and we will randomly select a winner from the comments from today's show, and we will give away a prize. So I'm going to bring Tammy on the line here, and Tammy is going to select a winner from a previous podcast and get the keyword from Carson for today's show. So, Tammy, you're on. I'm on. Hi, guys. Hi, Tammy. Hey. How are you, Carson? I'm great. How are you? You've been so patient with me, everybody. I met Carson last October, and I have been badgering him and badgering him and badgering him to get him on because I want I I had wanted him to share a lot of this information with us before Christmas because I knew a lot of us were probably overstressing things while we were trying to get Christmas things finished. Um, but you know, uh, time we ran out of time really. Um, and then you got hurt, and you've had to do physical therapy yourself. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a torn meniscus in my knee, um, so I had to have some surgery on my knee, and that kind of put me back a little bit. But we're all good now, all back together. I, t- I had a Humpty Dumpty year last year. Well, I, you know, who would know best about um, making sure you get you get healed properly? But the physical therapist himself, right? <laughs> you would hope, but. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> it's an, oh, it's a doctor heal thyself thing. I get it. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> so what Marley was talking about was we're we're going to go back to show notes from a few weeks ago, and um, we're going to uh, pick a winner. Lisa Stroyer was on a few weeks ago, and she kind of asked everybody to um, kind of do a short essay comment. Um, she asked everybody to to write, I'm inspired to knit or crochet when – and basically fill in the blank. Um, and Teresa said, I'm inspired to knit by beautiful yarn when my feet are cold. 
I really enjoyed today's podcast. I'm doing my part to make new knitters by teaching people at my library or whenever I get the chance. I had two crocheters come and knit this week. That's exciting, Teresa. So I'm sending her an email right now um, and making sure I get her connected with Lisa Schroyer. Did you have a comment or a phrase that people should include when they comment? Well, you know what? I didn't know that we could have them do an activity. Can I make it that? <laughs> you can do anything Change you it want. Up. Make it yours. Wow. <laughs> I could I could say make Carson a sweater. No, I won't do that. Um, how about one one small thing I can do to improve uh, my ergonomics of my knitting is blank. Oh, that's good. One thing I could do to what? improve the ergonomics of my knitting is blank. Okay. That means they're going to have to get the book. The book. Yes. <laughs> Fancy that. Oh, well, I'm hearing an echo here. Um, well, if that's not a good one, we can come up with another one. <laughs> I like it. I think it's smart, especially, I mean, just based on the conversation we've had today. Like, they could say, I bet a lot of them have the same, like, chest issues that I have as far as, feeling all kind of hunched in. So I think just kind of stretching out and pinching the back and um, the pelvis. Drinking I mean, water, sitting up taller, yeah. choosing a chair, trying different wow. needles before you commit to one. We've talked about I a lot of things moving, today. Oh, yeah. Moving on occasion. Moving, yeah. adding a movement marker. I love it. I love it. Um, I think that's fabulous. Awesome. Let's go with that. All right. Cool. Tammy, thank you so much for your help. Have fun. Say hi to Lindsay. I will. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. All right. right. I love that. Carson, I love that. So in case anybody uh, missed that, what you need to do is when you leave a reply on the show notes, and again, make sure it's on the show notes that are on my blog at marleybird.com. I love your comments on, um, on Blog Talk Radio, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Ravelry, but if you want to be entered for a chance to win, they must be on the show notes, Okay. But all you're going to do is leave a comment. Leave, let us know what it is that you think you could do to help the ergonomics of your knitting. Um, this was, that's just fantastic. That's a really good call. Okay, Carson. Awesome. So we have 33 callers. So I am going, I'm going to scroll up and down the whole switchboard. You tell me when to stop. That will be the lucky winner. Ooh. And stop. All right. And scroll. All right. So that is nine three. I'm going to click on this. 937, hello? Hello? Hi, who's this? This is Martha from Ohio. Hi, Martha from Ohio. How are you today? I am doing great, and I was sitting here just so hoping that you would pick me because I've developed some pain in my left thumb when I knit. Ah. So, so I need this book. Yay. Well, I'm sorry that you need it, but I'm glad that you're getting it. (laughs) That's perfect. Martha, that is so great. Are you enjoying today's podcast? I am. Fantastic. Uh, And I have a question for Carson. Go for it. Um, Are you the one who also writes for Ply Magazine? I am. Okay, I thought so. I kind of thought I recognized it, but I didn't want to go get the magazine and have to carry my computer to the other room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. So I'm guessing, Martha, you're a fan of Carson. 
I am. I read his article in every magazine. I, I am a big fan of that magazine. It is beautiful. Okay. But yeah, thank you. He does such a job with, with, you know, helping tips on helping to spin and, and all the activities in that. And I, I really need it because I have some sclerosis developing in my back and neck, and so I have to be real careful in the movement marker. I have gotten to the point where every I'll be sitting and knitting, and every commercial I just stand up and knit. Oh, I love that, Martha. That's a great thing That's to do. That's a great tip. That is a great and tip. It, it helps relieve some of the uh, problems in my hips, just that getting up every 15 minutes. That's fantastic. What a great thing to do. That is such a great thing. Well, Martha, congratulations. You got this awesome new book by Carson. By, by Carson. By Carson. <laughs> what I need you to do to get, to get your book. You? you will. So you will email me at, and it's winner at yarn thing podcast. Winner okay. at Yarn Thing Podcast. So super simple. Just make sure you put in the subject line what it is you won, okay? Yep. Perfect. Congratulations, Martha. Make sure you include your mailing address and phone number. I will. All thank right. Thank you, Marley, and thank you, Carson. You're welcome, Martha. I hope you enjoy the book, and good luck healing that thumb. Thank you. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Carson, so cool that we got a winner that is not only a winner, but she's a super fan of yours. That's awesome. <laughs> I love giving away this, these, these things on the podcast. I think it's so much fun. I am super excited about your book, and I know that it was a big labor of love, but, honey, I think you you did such a fantastic, fantastic job. And just think, like, you're giving birth before that giraffe gives birth. So you, you're with. <laughs> It kind of feels like giving birth to a giraffe, I think. <laughs> I love it. I think the book is is spot on. I think it's it's one of those books that I think everybody needs to have in their library. I would put it right up there with the, the type of books like what Clara Parks does, how they're just such chock full of information that is just vital. You have to have it. I absolutely think this is one of those. Thank you so much. Yeah, I was lucky oh. that Clara gave, gave me a blurb on it, and she, she enjoyed the book, so I – I hope that your listeners do, too. I'm, I'm I do. really excited to get it out to them. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for you. I love it. I, I wish you nothing but great success with this, Carson, and hopefully I get to see you soon. Yeah, thanks, Marley. I think we're going to see each other at the end of the month. All right, so you're going to be at Stitches United? I will be, yeah. Fantastic. That is the perfect segue. Because a- <laughs> I was going to ask, I know that people can see you at different places, to uh, take classes with you. So I was going to ask if you have um, your teaching schedule on your blog or if you can tell us where you're going to be. Yeah, I do have it on my blog, and I'm going to be at Stitches, as I mentioned. Um, Actually, this weekend I'm going to be um, at Amy Herzog's Knitwear Love Retreat um, just on Sunday, and um, then Stitches United at the end of the month, and then the following week I'll be at Webb's up in Northampton. And I'm offering a couple of classes up there that I don't get to do very often, um, an ergonomics for spinners class and um, a, a knitting analysis group. So it's a, a small group of knitters, like five or six knitters, and we learn how to analyze our knitting for ergonomic risk and, and enhancement. Cool. And then, let's see, where am I after that? Uh, Stitches Midwest. Yes. And... Um, Gosh, I, oh, uh, Ann Bud's retreat up in Vancouver in the fall. 
That sounds Avenue like fun. Yarns in Albany. Yeah, I'm I'm around. It's on it's on my website. So um, again, ergoinet.com and and come and find me. I'd love to love to see you. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, fantastic. When you see Amy Herzog, give her my love. And same with the lovely people at Webs. I love them. They're just. They're I so love fantastic. them too. Yeah, they're great people. They're fantastic. Well, I'm glad people can go and take some classes with you uh, in person, and hopefully you'll get your book soon, and you'll be able to start handing those out too. Yeah, thank yeah, you very much. Thank I, I sure am counting down. <laughs> all right, Carson, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I I, I can't wait to to see all the success in your future. Thank you so much, Marley. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Awesome. Talk to you later, hon. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Oh, such a sweet guy. I absolutely adore him. Every time I see him at one of the events, when we're at the same event, we don't get to spend nearly enough time together because that's typically the nature of the events when it comes to teachers. We don't get to spend very much time together at all because we're always teaching. Go figure. But he is so knowledgeable, so kind, and just, just absolutely wonderful. And I'm serious, you guys, go check out this book, Knitting Comfortably. You are going to seriously just, just love it. It's Knitting Comfortably, The Ergonomics of Hand Knitting. Get it read through it. It will help you um, knit longer. And those of you who are crocheters who are like, well, what about me? I crochet. Same movement, same actions, same postures. I mean, you heard him talk about the different, um, the repetitive postures and motions and stuff that we do in our everyday lives. So absolutely, this would work for crocheters as well. So go pick up this book. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So I'm excited you guys to join me today for the podcast. And as you know, I do have Lindsay Martin here in the studio with me from Erin Lee Bag. She has been talking to those of you who are on Facebook Live. Um, so she's over there waving and I'm going to, I took some pictures of her as we were doing the podcast. I'll also post those when we're done. <laughs> she's laughing at me now. Um, but if you get a chance, go check out Erin Lane Bags at the DFW Fiber Festival this weekend. Uh, they are exhibiting down there along with Buffalo Wool Company and a variety of other, um, lovely vendors. So have fun down there at the DFW Fiber Fest. Say hi to Robin Chachula for me when you're there because I absolutely love her. Let's go ahead and our exit music. I love this music. I think it's so, just makes me happy. It's called Happy Vibes. So thank you so much, Carson, for joining me on the podcast. It was a treat to have you here as always. Thank you to Buffalo Wool Company, Creative Bug, Erin Lane Crafty.com, Stitches.Events, and last but certainly not least, Red Heart Yarns from the Proud National Spokesperson. You can learn more about the sponsors by visiting the Marley Bird uh, website. And last but certainly not least, last but certainly not least, I want to make sure that all of you go check out the Kickstarter by Vicki Howell. I mentioned it briefly. Um, she is trying to start her brand new online show, very similar to this pretty that's called The Knit Show. Hopefully I can get this on the show here soon to tell you all about it, but it is a Kickstarter event. So if you want to support Vicki and more Disney adventures, go check out her Kickstarter. All right, everybody. Talk to you later.